Hi, Hazlitt. Hi, Erin. Hi, Erin. Hey, y'all. So this is Oranges and Peaches, a podcast from Lawrence Public Library. We are the uh, Ask Desk team, <laughs> and today we have a very special guest with us who we teased last time, Erin. <laughs> so if you've been waiting in anticipation for this moment, it is here. It's here. <laughs> I have arrived. So Erin um, is the community resources specialist at the library. She's very good. Um I'm not good at compliments always, but you know, I really like you. I think you're <laughs> I really like you too. A good part of the library. Thank you. And Erin, we wanted to start out by saying, uh, by asking you, what does oranges and peaches mean? I do know the answer to this one because you told me when I was brand new, maybe even on my first day. Had y'all been planning the podcast I in think April? So. Okay. Yeah, I think you started at the height of us, like yeah. really getting excited mm-hmm. about it. And, yeah. And, yeah. Forcing I think everyone so to too. talk about it. I think so too. So you told me that it's a joke that you learn in library school that somebody comes to the reference desk at the library and they want to have help finding oranges and peaches Mm -hmm. and the librarian can't figure out what they mean. And through a series of excellent reference questions, (laughs) they find out that they're trying to find the origin of species. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of, that might be like my favorite telling of it. Yeah. It's wow. Really simple, the, your delivery was really clean. good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Everybody, we just want to make sure that everyone is on the same page. We don't want anyone to get left behind in the Oranges and Peaches podcast. So if you're a longtime listener, meaning you've listened to our past just just bear with us. We might stop doing this eventually. Okay. Yeah, we have to have like everyone in the Oranges and Peaches club mm-hmm. first, though. Mm-hmm. So we're getting there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a cute name. Oranges and Peaches mm-hmm. is friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a nice visual to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we did that part. <laughs> Next, we have our updates. Yay! Um, do you want to share the first update? Do you remember? Yeah. Um. So we have a few updates. Um. The most exciting, I think, uh, and very fresh update, like, from this morning, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. um, is that LPL re- received, was awarded, I don't know the mm-hmm. grant terminology, got a grant um, to fund two BIPOC librarians to be. So what that means is, like, two BIPOC folks from the community who want to go to library school and become librarians um and it pays for that degree and it also pays for like a paid internship at mm-hmm. LPL and like library spe- experience here and in libraries around the city so mm-hmm. yeah two years of internship while yeah. you're getting your degree which is so like awesome super like, cool mm-hmm. and yeah. exciting and like I'm just really happy to see um money uh-huh. being put towards diversifying libraries instead of right like just kind of right statements in like a I'm, really concrete of us way and yeah yeah so yeah yay that's exciting yeah i hope we were cleared to give that update it was there was a press release so there was, there a, was press a press release, release. So it, it's, that's public it's out in the public yeah yeah mm-hmm. it is so exciting yeah because it's actual money <laughs> yes <laughs> and yeah like, that's positions. a big deal mm-hmm. okay i have a question because okay. i'm not a librarian and i didn't go to library school is doing an internship a typical part of going to library school uh, or is that just kind of like an added feature with this grant do we know so my experience in library school and i don't want to pretend that i my experience is representative of every <laughs> every experience but um <clears throat> I think that a lot of folks who go to library school either already have experience working in libraries or they're already working in a library. And yeah. this is the way to kind of like beef up their resume and get some more, you know, training. Sure. But like the training piece of your degree is really important for getting future jobs. So like if you there and there are plenty of folks who graduate with an MLS, a master's of library and information science without working in a library. But I think like your job prospects, they increase. Um if you, you have experience. That makes a lot so. of sense. So it's it's really helpful then that mm-hmm. an internship is... It's so incredibly helpful. ...added onto this yeah. program. That's and that's cool. kind of like the design of our, as I understand it, our like library assistant 
positions, which is like the job that I have is kind of like, it's not required that you're in library school, but it, it functions to enable you to be in library school because it is a part-time yeah, job. Sure. Um, and so just having like a guaranteed, like paid internship. Yeah. Um, because like obviously even if your degree is paid for, um yeah, like, I still money. have to work through school. I'm still yeah. working through school. So yeah, it's like right. acknowledging that like and you need money to live and right. you get that like yeah and you you get that in library experience while you're in school yeah so, for sure right. I had yeah. like three or four jobs at a time during school both well, for my bachelor's and my master's degree so I get it yeah, I think yeah. that's really cool that it's a paid internship yeah yeah right and on it, and it's like it can be to- so it can it can be so tough to get a job in a library too so to have mm-hmm. like sort of a like um guaranteed sort of foot in is really yeah. good yeah yeah because, yeah, a lot of people apply for jobs at the library. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yay. That's, yeah, that's the, that is the most exciting update. But we have... Oh, and hopefully by the time this comes out, we will have details on, like, how and where oh, to yeah. apply for that. I know there's kind of still, like, mm-hmm. because, like, we just found out we got that grant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're still working on setting all that up. So, hopefully... Check the show notes and we'll mm-hmm. have info on where that's at. Yeah, so, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. You sounded like a really official podcaster when you said check the show <laughs> oh. notes. <laughs> wow. Show notes. We the make show them. Notes. Yes. Like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Ruby's really official. Wow. Oh, okay. 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 So pressure. <laughs> Change the oh. subject. <laughs> She's going to get How's it? Do you have more updates? I have. Okay. I have a bunch more updates. We'll okay. start with another um, serious one. Which is that, um, so we're, we are like officially entering local election season Mm -hmm. and we are recording this right before the primary election for the commission and the school board. And also there's like some drainage district, uh, candidates, Mm. like there's elections for drainage districts or something, Hmm. which I admit, I don't know. I don't know anything anything about about that. that. There's like two or three folks running for each position, I think, and a lot of incumbents. So anyway. But the the uh, perhaps the more important <laughs> ones are commission and uh, school board, and um, yeah, I don't know. So we're so <laughs> if you um, are like, what's going on? Like, how do I find out more information about these people? I don't even I didn't know that there were elections right now. You can go to our website and uh, go to the page that I curate very carefully. Yeah, Hazlitt <laughs> does an incredible job. It's so easy to navigate. Thank um, you. I use it constantly. Ruby's going to use it tomorrow when she votes. I am going to use it tomorrow. I have been very lazy about this primary, but yeah, not anymore. Yeah. Just skating in on the last day. Yeah. And a, rem- <laughs> a reminder that we <laughs> are not American elections May. officials. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, good point. Yeah. We, yeah. we are not elections officials. No. We are, we are librarians. Yes. Um, important distinction. Yes. We can get you to information, but we cannot um, make decisions for you or, like, walk you through any of the processes. But Right. We can direct you to the county courthouse. Yes. Actually, no, we can direct you to the elections office. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Which is no longer in the county courthouse. Yeah. It, it moved. So... We really t- are just talking directly to people. Maybe we should talk to each other. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, voting in local elections is um, really boring and very, very important. Right. It's not really boring. Sometimes there's some drama. Oh, so, yeah. I think there's so much drama. Okay. In there are a lot of elections. Yeah. yeah. And there are sure. so many um, like different forums. Oh, and, yeah. 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 As a tried and true Parks and Rec fan, uh, I know there's yes. a lot of yeah. drama in local and local elections. Gets, yeah. our, our city commission meetings get pretty Parks and Rec really esque. It's yeah, wow, that's fun. That it is, is fun. Okay, and so if you want to um, uh, go to um, a forum for the school board <laughs> candidates, oh yeah, Erin, yeah, you okay. 
there there's going to be one in September mm-hmm. um, on September 1st. Correct. It's a Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Correct. That's for adults. Yes. And if you want to submit a question to that forum before it happens, there will be a box somewhere in the library. I'm not. Where do you think it should go, Erin? I think probably in the main lobby, the front entrance lobby. Okay. I think that would be the best spot or maybe in the main atrium. Okay. Like a little table mm-hmm. like next to the table that has the hand sanitizer or in the little, the first room that you go into. I would think <laughs> <laughs> next to the hand sanitizer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think so too. Okay. I like that that's like a fixture of LPL, like yeah. the hand sanitizer. Oh, but there's kind of two places. Okay. But either way, so when you enter <laughs> when you enter the library at, after about August 5th, there will be a box. Yeah, after this episode comes out for sure, there will be a box for you to, to submit your questions for the school board candidates. And please do. Love it. And before the forum for adults, there's going to be one for kiddos. Uh-huh. For the Kids Action Club. Yeah. And both will be held over Zoom. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, this update went on for a long time. I'm sorry, everyone. Okay, one more update uh, is that it's real hazy outside. Mm-hmm. Yes, my watch, my Apple watch today says that it is hazardous for sensitive groups yep. today. Yes. yes, that's what the computer said yesterday. Yikes. Yeah, it's very, and that is from fires in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have the so. red eye to prove it. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like your eye is yeah. red yeah. right now? Yeah. Oh. I feel all itchy. Dry and itchy. Oh. Oh. I didn't know that's why I was. Do you mm. feel dry? I was like sneezy this morning. Yeah. That's yeah. That's it. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Not as bad as uh, when you're living there, but. Yeah. 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 So thinking about you. Thinking about you, all our Colorado fans in Colorado. Every <laughs> yeah. that's on fire. Every, every state that's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's real, real sad. But my chickens are very happy. That's Aww. our last update. <laughs> Great. Chickens are good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Should we move it's on? A real mix of updates. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. I think we can we can go to our question of the week. Okay. So our question this week, we don't have a recording because this was a really sensitive question about community resources, mm-hmm. which is why we brought um, the very special Aaron on today. So I'm just going to describe the context in, w- in which this question happened and um, yeah, and then and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> so Perfect. so it was about three months ago, we'll say, 7 p.m. a weekday on the desk at the Ask Desk and a gentleman walked up to me and said, um, do you know where I can go to sleep tonight? I've been living in my car for two years and I want to find housing. And... This happens a lot. We get a lot of questions like this mm-hmm. at the desk. And especially like at that when it's like, well, this moment is, it's a really hard moment to like get you to the service right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I did, um, I think I emailed Aaron actually immediately and I emailed Teresa who was in episode number two. And I said, here's the situation that happened. You know, I know you'll be in work tomorrow. Here's the contact info for this patron. Um, can you get in touch with some resources? But then in the moment for for this patron, I mean, basically since it's 7 p.m., I said, here's the phone number for the Lawrence Community Shelter. Their office isn't open right now, but if you call them first thing tomorrow, you know, they should be able to work with you to, to find you something. And that, I mean, I don't know. We get a lot of questions like this at the desk that are like really immediate need. Mm-hmm. We are, and we are a trusted sort of source that has this information. And so we really try to be <clears throat> like equipped, right? Like really well equipped mm-hmm. to answer these questions. So I think that the, I feel like what people are often surprised by when I'm talking about my job and they don't work in libraries is that we get questions like this and we get them pretty regularly. Um, and that like we have all these resources that like I consider it a super like crucial part of my job that I'm keeping really fresh on these resources because it's not a situation of like, 
you know, finding an article for someone and you can like take down their email and get back to them, you know, when you have time to research or whatever, like it's a very urgent Mm -hmm. need and you need to have quality information to give this person and you need to do it now because you may not necessarily have another interaction with them or they may not have a way for you to contact them reliably. And so, yeah, I think that really struck me about this question. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is why we have all of our handouts and bookmarks and like, you know, meetings about resources so that we can like really help this person as much as we can in the course of this interaction. Mm -hmm. But it also is, I had in my notes, like finding housing is urgent. Resources are slow and multi-step and that Mm -hmm. disconnect is like very frustrating. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's challenging for everyone, right? Like it's, of course it's challenging for someone who like doesn't know where else to turn. And Mm -hmm. so they come to the library to say like, I am in desperate need of something, but it's challenging to, you know, to be on the desk too and not know whether you're going to get a question that's like so urgent I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. Or if you're going to get a question that's like, yeah, <laughs> like, let me just look through yeah. a newspaper or like, yeah, do a re- kind of simple research. Um, so it's just the like the range of questions. Yeah. <laughs> when we say like, you can ask us anything, like it's, a, it's, it's anything. anything. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so you gave them the number for the community shelter, which I just wanted to say in our podcast because... Um, not everyone has internet to like look at our show notes. Um, so that number for the shelter is 785-856-2016. Um, and I, I know that like you can leave a voicemail mm-hmm. and like, yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have an email address too, which we can put in the show notes. Yeah, we'll and you can always come to the library and use a computer here, mm-hmm. to, like, like access the internet here in case you didn't know. Yes. In case you're listening to the podcast and didn't, didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to talk a little bit about the, like, the resources that the library does directly offer for folks who are trying to navigate, like, I guess as an example, like, finding housing? Um, mm-hmm. Like, we do have internet access. We have computers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we obviously, we have knowledge of resources. Mm-hmm. Um we also have random stuff like a payphone mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that is like people think it's like very cute and funny, which it is. But then it's also like that's a that's a public right. phone that the public can use. And mm-hmm. right. um, if you don't have a phone, that's like. Yeah. And we also have yeah. quarters that we can give to folks who don't otherwise have a quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't have to pay to make the call. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Yeah. Like kiddos will always come in and be like what is this This ancient artifact yeah Yeah. and then a a lot of adults will walk by and say like oh well does anyone ever use that and like yeah yeah like 10 people a day yeah it's almost always in use Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 other ancient artifacts we've got (laughs) another good one (laughs) are you talking about our fax machine i'm talking about the fax yeah yeah but i mean sometimes like the only way, you know, an agency will accept a document is faxing it. Mm-hmm. So somebody just asked me where the fax machine was the other yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's fax, every man. time yeah. I work the computer desk or the, the tech desk. Um, yeah. Someone faxes something, at mm-hmm. least one person. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially if you're applying for housing aid or like mm-hmm. some sort of like housing through like a government like you have to fax so many things Truly, to the government. Yeah. It's like yeah, our you, systems are still so reliant. I really do. <laughs> do you know why, Erin? Um, you know, I don't know that I know the answer to that question, but I can say having come from a non a nonprofit, I faxed so many really? documents. Yeah. Applications to oh things, gosh. like especially to I worked in Topeka and so to the Topeka Housing Authority. Right. Which is a government agency. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean mm-hmm. Nonprofit, we <laughs> y'all nonprofits are behind the times when it comes to technology, and I don't know if that's necessarily like Every, yeah. the case for everything, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it is because seriously, the rate like the payphone and the fax machine might be the most used mm-hmm. machines in the library, even yeah. more than like individual computers in the computer lab, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. I thought it was like a security thing. Like I, you can't forge I, a fax. I, maybe. I don't know. I've never heard that. I don't know how logic. much you can like oh. inter- intercept a fax too. Whereas like mm-hmm. if you got your email hacked and you were like mm-hmm. attaching, you know, a photo of your birth certificate or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there's also like no confirmation. Yeah, there's but- no. I I feel like fax is less secure because there's no confirmation necessary. I mean, you get like a little sheet printed mm-hmm. out that said that it's sent, but it's a physical copy being shot out on the other end. And like, who's to say who picked who up picked that up? physical yeah. copy? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to find a cool, like article about why people still fax stuff and put it in the show notes. Okay. I have something we'll really, really cool for the show notes about fax mm-hmm. machines. Okay. It's from the secret life of machines and it's all about fax machines and how they work. Is that so, a book? Cool. No, an it's a video. A video. It's, it is a YouTube video that's like 25 minutes long. Nice. Cool. Yeah. And this guy. Some more content for like, everybody. Yeah. I wish I could be this man who does the secret life of machines. Okay. The other um, service that we offer that can help with housing is uh, notary. Is not- notaries. Notarizing documents. Yes. Yeah. And I think it should be mentioned, other than the payphone, which we will give you a quarter for. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And printing, everything else is free, free, free. because we're a public library. Yeah. So um, people are often really surprised that uh, mm-hmm. getting something notarized is free. free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what else? Getting a book, free. Internet access, free. You don't pay for that. Getting a study room, free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also had down like, I think that. We are like public libraries are one of the only places where you can exist as a person without mm-hmm. paying for that time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, people pay taxes and stuff, but like you don't like if you're walking into a cafe, mm-hmm. you need to buy something if you're going to like study in there. Um, but, you know, we have tables and public restrooms and Internet access and. Air conditioning. Air conditioning mm-hmm. slash heating and... Mm-hmm. A water um, fountain. A water fountain. Chairs. And chairs. And, like, that... Like, yes, if you, like, don't have stable housing, like, that obviously is, like, really helpful to just have a place to exist. Um, but, you know, this is, like, for everybody in the community mm-hmm. benefits from that mm-hmm. openness so yeah yeah from having yeah like a non-commercial space where yeah you i think it's easy go. to take for granted but it just mm-hmm. like man mm-hmm. it's democracy yeah speaking of elections yeah it's a democratic space yeah mm-hmm. y'all should see Hazlitt's <laughs> face right now she raised her eyebrows like just made such a good point yeah. well ruby yeah ruby made a good point Okay. So I guess we were thinking about sharing some other housing resources that we share with folks just in case anyone listening, you know, ever finds themselves themselves in need or if they know someone. So does that sound good, Erin? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the Lawrence Community Shelter. Um, one thing we do at the library is we keep really abreast of updates as they happen, mm-hmm. you know, so like Ruby said, so we can provide info that mm-hmm. is we're not uh, sending you somewhere that's like closed that day or uh-huh. something like that so yeah. yeah so the community shelter right now um is closed for quarantining but mm-hmm. i guess by the time this episode comes out sorry we said we weren't gonna say this and i forgot <laughs> so we'll, we're just gonna move on okay we'll move on um during the winter for the past two years listeners might know that there have been emergency shelters mm-hmm. either funded by volunteer organizations or by the city that folks could go to so they didn't have to be outside like in sub Mm-hmm. zero or freezing mm-hmm. conditions um the dare center which is right down the street from the library is a really good resource not for staying overnight mm-hmm. but um to drop in mm-hmm. and rest drop in and drop rest, in and rest. Mm-hmm. um you can do laundry there right you mm-hmm. can get i think there's snacks right mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's just a safe and comfortable place to spend time and they've got staff on hand to help navigate resources and um yeah, get some basic needs met while you're there. Cool. Yeah, I'm kind of doing Aaron's job right. I mean, like, I'm sorry, I just had <laughs> my off. list. So. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for survivors of domestic violence, there's the Willow and Lawrence, mm-hmm. and also human trafficking. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
And then for families, there's family promise, mm-hmm. right? For families that are experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, those are all the the resources that I wrote down that we direct people to now and then. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you can think of that I missed? There's the um, oh. Bart Nash yeah. um, Homeless Outreach Team. They don't necessarily provide housing, but they work with folks who are houseless to help them access different services. Um, they bring food and supplies to camps around the community. Um, and what is unique about the homeless outreach team is that their services, unlike the other services at Burt Nash, don't require a diagnosis of a mental health disorder. Mm-hmm. If you're experiencing houselessness, you can get services with the hot team. So, um, so that's a good one to keep on hand. Yeah. I did. I had that one written down, but I forgot. Oh, I do have their phone number. They have kind of limited like office hours or like phone answering Mm -hmm. hours, but you can always leave a message. Um, They're 785-843-9192. And we'll put their little page in the show notes too. Yeah. 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 So I guess, and before we move on, I want to say, too, that, I mean, it's like every area of community resources we kind of keep tabs on or Erin mm-hmm. keeps tabs on for us. And then we look at the Google Doc to see what is happening. <laughs> yeah. So, like, housing is only one area out of, like, 20. I mean, right, it's kind of nebulous, but out of, like, many areas yeah. that we try to provide info on. Right. And I can plug my um, oh, document, yeah. my resource guide that I'm working on right yeah. now that the library will put out. I'm putting finishing touches on it right now, but it should be out. It'll probably be out by the time this episode airs. Um, But I put together a Lawrence resource guide that is, I think, 15 pages long. So it's I'm trying to make it as comprehensive as possible. And it's got um, information um, organized by category of need. So adult learning, animals, rental assistance and utility assistance, food needs, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so the library will be putting that out here in the next couple of weeks for folks to have access to. And I'm hoping that that will be helpful. It's intended to be user-friendly and as much information as possible in one easy to navigate resource guide so that you don't have to spend a whole lot of time Googling everything (laughs) under the sun and making phone calls. Mm -hmm. Or like, yeah, writing down like random phone numbers and then trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, certain agencies offer different things at different times. So maybe they have like one agency offers free lunch on Mondays, but a different um, agency offers a free lunch on Thursday evenings. Or you can apply for rental assistance at this agency only from 1 to 3 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But at this agency... You can do it any time during the week. And so they all have different ways of operating. And I have those notes included in the resource guide so that, you know, as soon as you look at it, I should make a phone call to this place at this time. And here are the materials that I need in order to apply for their assistance. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it, just, it just makes me so happy because it's, um, Lawrence is awesome. I mean, we, Aaron, we talked about this when you, I think mm-hmm. when we first started, yeah. Like, Lawrence is great in how much, um, like help and assistance, and how many agencies we have. But man, is that confusing it <laughs> is, when you're yeah. like, you know, trying to navigate all of it. Yeah, and mm. you're like you're already stressed, and you're trying to navigate it. Right. It's just, mm-hmm. so, right. When yeah. you're in crisis, you don't have the bandwidth to spend. I mean, it's a full-time job. It is literally my full-time job <laughs> to navigate all yeah. of those resources. Yeah. And so if you're somebody who's in crisis and you've got kids and you're trying to figure out how to get your kids to school, how to feed your family, how to find work, how to like, you can't be making phone calls all day, every day, trying to get one month of rent paid, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. if there's anything that those of us who work in social services or in information sciences can <laughs> do to make that information more accessible, then we want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to transition us into the next point, which is like, what's our role? What's our relationship with community resources as the library? Yeah. You know? And like, how do you think about your, like, like your what role? What is a modern 
I was just thinking about that. Like we're we're a modern library, and that yeah. means like serving our community, <laughs> not just through book recommendations, which right. is also awesome. But like, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote down some notes on this because there's a lot that I have to say about social work and social services in libraries, in public libraries in particular. Um, and I think that like what's so special about libraries and why they are utilized for community resources is because they hold a position in the community as what you might call a natural support. So like Mm -hmm. in social work, we talk about a natural support as being not something that's prescribed or not something that is um, like your therapist recommends this for you. It's just something that you encounter in your day-to-day life Mm -hmm. that helps you get by. And the library is one of those places for a lot of people. Like Ruby was just mentioning earlier, it's comfortable, it's free, there's air conditioning and a bathroom where you can get cleaned up Mm -hmm. and people utilize that um, who are in crisis or who are experiencing houselessness or whatever they might be going through. Um, So social work in public libraries has really taken off in the last six or seven years. Um, That's kind of a new wing of social work. And I remember when I was in grad school working on my MSW and the um, and PBS NewsHour put out a segment about the first library social worker oh. at um, the San Francisco Public Library. Oh, wow. And I was in grad school working on my MSW, and I watched that clip, and I was like, oh, my God, that's a dream job. Like, I love libraries. <laughs> I want to do social work in a library someday. Um, and it's really just boomed since then. So... Lawrence Public Library, even though I'm a licensed social worker, I'm not operating necessarily as a social worker in my role here because I'm not providing direct service. Um, And I'm more on the information acquisition kind of side of things rather than providing treatment or case management to somebody. And can Um, you, sorry to interrupt, Yeah. can you like describe more, because I don't think I totally understand what the difference is between case management and like sort of indirect service, like information uh-huh. acquisition and direct service. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? Totally. So just like a definition of what case management I is. I guess, yeah. Or like what's, yeah. yeah, like what are the differences? So there? I think like here at the library, what we would do is provide information to a patron about how to access this resource and then send them on their way. But if you're providing case management, you're making that phone call with them. You Mm. are following up with them about, was that um, referral successful for you? Did you get what you needed out of that referral? If not, okay, let's keep going and try something different. Because, um, I mean, crisis response work is really intensive. And for somebody to go from being houseless and being in crisis to having somewhere to stay is like several months, several years worth of work in, in reality. You know, it's, it's not something that happens in a week after one or two phone calls. And so if you're working with, um, case management, um, or if you're providing case, case management, you are with that person through all of the, the attempts to get their needs met. And for folks who are in crisis, um, there are usually a number of overlapping things happening all at once. It's not just like an isolated, like acute incident of houselessness. It's like, okay, we've got substance use stuff going on. We have mental health concerns going on. We might have um, domestic violence, intimate partner violence happening and, the, and all of those things intersect with each other to make getting out of that situation of, of crisis, just crisis in general, so difficult to navigate. It's really, really nuanced. And so if you are in case management, you're helping untangle all of those twisted mm. webs and strings of various crises going on um, so that in the end, hopefully that person is in a in a more um, stable, healthy, comfortable place mm-hmm. for them. So here at the library, we can give information about where to start, but a case manager would stick with you through like start to finish. Yeah, Is that a good summary? A, oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like that really, um, it really sums up like 
what I need to keep in like my brain in this job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And just realizing like, I mean, like we say a lot in this podcast, like we are not the expert in all things and we can get you to that starting point of finding the information, whether, you know, it's finding housing or researching genealogy or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever your, your need or your interest is. But like, we are not, we're not, I mean, with the exception of Aaron, like we're not trained social workers and we're not in that position. And it's, it's important to remember that like in order to best serve all of our patrons we need to like get them to people who are the experts and can really like like you said like be with them through that whole process Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it can be so hard though to figure out where the boundary is between Mm -hmm. like what's like yeah like what's the boundary and what our job is and what Mm -hmm. like where someone else's job begins yeah Um, yeah and you asked me that question in your um in this prep for this episode, um, you asked me what the risk is of libraries spilling into social work. And so I think, I mean, there's not, my answer to that would be that the risk is that without libraries having a social work team, the risk is, is just like staff capacity, like things for the client, as we would say in social work or the patron, as we say in libraries, um, will fall through the cracks just because, Library staff can't be on the phone with 17 different, you know, social service agencies around town trying to get one family housed Mm -hmm. um, for several weeks at a time, you know. So, um, so, yeah. And like, okay, and Ruby, as you were saying about um, trying to remember that perspective when you get questions like that at the desk, this is one of my very, very favorite pieces of has just like perked up <laughs> <laughs> of um, social work like magic information Ooh. was in my um, in my last role before I came to the library. My boss would always say to me, like, rarely are we going to be able to solve a client's problems in one incident of Mm -hmm. meeting them, you know, like they come in, um, as a walk-in, um, it's their first time meeting us. We're just building a relationship with them for the first time. Like rarely are we going to have a magic wand that we can Mm -hmm. fix their solution or fix their problem with, with an easy solution. Um, but if we made that person feel safe and heard and validated, then we did our job. Because um, I'm gonna cry yeah, on this really podcast. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great, that's my goal. Um, <laughs> because, like, um, hold on, I wrote some stuff down about this. Um, duh, 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 sorry to like throw a wrench in things. <laughs> that's okay. I think that might be the title of this one. Something about magic. Magic information. Yeah. Social know. work magic information. Yeah. yeah. That's actually. Yeah. That's. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we won't be able to solve the problem right then and there, but if we, if we've created a connection with that person, like human connection is the biggest protective factor for people who are in crisis. It's mm-hmm. the thing that, um, prevents relapse into, you know, whatever situation they might be facing. It's the thing that gives hope. It's the thing that, provides support more than anything else. And so if somebody approaches the ask desk and they are like just devastated with crisis and they're like, I don't know where else to turn. If you just spend time with them and treat them with empathy, now they know that there is a safe person at Mm -hmm. Lawrence public library. And that kind of gives the organization a reputation as being, a a safe place to turn Mm -hmm. as well, which we totally want. Mm -hmm. So even for those of us who did go to social work school and this is our, our profession, like there's no easy solution to crisis, but providing somebody with a space where they feel 
like they've been treated like a human being Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. huge, is so huge. And again, at my last role where I was, where I was providing direct service for folks, um, like the things that people would say to me that told me that I had done a good job or said to my coworkers that had done a good job, it wasn't like, oh, you found me housing or you did a really good job getting me a bus pass. It was like, thank you for treating me like a human being because I haven't been treated like a human being in a long time. Mm -hmm. Or thank you for just listening to me and being ready to hold like my pain with Mm -hmm. you for a while. Um, Those are the kinds of things that make a difference for people even more than the like cold hard facts about resources, you know, Mm -hmm. and that information is important too. And that's what the library is here to do. But if we can like make somebody feel validated and cared about, then. Yeah. And I guess that's like the real value of peer support maybe was that Mm -hmm. there was this space that was held open for folks to like, yeah, kind of decompress or just make a connection. Because sometimes at the desk, it's like, you know, if like three people can build up in a line and then it's hard to say like, like I, Mm -hmm. I totally hear what you're saying, you know, that it's really important to like be patient you know kind of like sit with someone and and how they're feeling but it can be hard when you're on the floor and there's like competing you know obligations totally (sighs) hard yeah yeah that's a toughie yeah what what do you think we should do like if there are multiple people being yeah like approaching you with questions um for me and that like what I would do in that situation if I was working with somebody who was in crisis or even like I have, this person wasn't necessarily like what I would define as being in crisis, but, um, she asked me where to find books about emotional abuse because Mm -hmm. she thought maybe she was experiencing that and she didn't really know what that term meant. She was like, I just heard this term gaslighting. I really want to learn more Mm -hmm. about that. And I was like, oh, you came to the right girl (laughs) because my background (laughs) is in relationship violence. Um, and so we, we found some books and then I just had a conversation with her for a little while, um, just about what she was experiencing and what her questions were about it. And, um, and had other people come to the desk when that conversation was happening, I might say to them, like, I'll be right with you if you don't mind me spending a little bit more time with this person. I'll be just a few minutes or maybe directing them to the um, white desk behind the ask desk and then asking another info person Uh, to come out onto the mm -hmm. floor. Um, Because I, uh, I don't know, I might be um, like biased, but I would, I would rather invest my time in somebody who like, maybe this is the first time that they're disclosing this to somebody Mm -hmm. and I'm going to, for me, it's a huge honor when somebody shares Mm. vulnerable information and I don't want to dismiss that away. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be as present as I possibly can for somebody in that moment Mm -hmm. um, and offer them that space to explore what they're going through or even just to say it out loud. Like people don't necessarily need you to say anything back. They just need to kind of verbalize what they're experiencing. Um, And so if there are other folks in line I would I would want to protect my moment with that patron who's mm-hmm. yeah. who's being vulnerable with me. Yeah, and just call someone. Yeah, say mm-hmm. come to the desk. Yeah. yeah, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. You it's need to. Re- it's good to remember. Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like yeah, we need like a little training. Like ev- all staff at the library need like a little training from Aaron. It's like how to. I don't know. I'm not good at juggling people at all, or like juggling mm-hmm. phones, or mm-hmm. you know, being like. It is hard to like re center. I had, I actually had that experience um, this morning because it's, this is a Monday and (laughs) Monday mornings, um, right when we open, we get like a crowd that comes through the doors. And it's like, it's actually like very like beautiful and heartening. Like all the, all the library people that populate our building like show up in the morning and it's like, you know, some people I recognize, I'm like, oh, you're here to get your holds or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's nice. It's like really starting the day. But yeah, 
Um, it often means that we get like a, you know, three or four person deep um, mm-hmm. line at the desk mm-hmm. um, and, it, you know, you're juggling like people that are checking into study rooms. Um, but then sometimes someone comes in with, you know, kind of a more intense or like urgent question um, mm-hmm. and it can definitely be like challenging to, you know, like that person behind you, I know they're starting a Zoom call right now and mm-hmm. they need to be in that study room. And it's like, yeah, it can yeah. be hard, but... I've also found that people are very um, understanding about, like, if I communicate, like, I need to run and let this person into a study room, I'll be right back, like, I'm really enjoying talking to you or something like that, yeah, where totally. they know that I'm not, like, I, I am busy and I am juggling things, but it doesn't mean that I'm not interested in, you know, whatever we're talking mm-hmm. about or whatever question we're looking into. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I was really nervous the first time I tried that out because I was worried the person would be like, you know, offended. But um, no, it's, yeah. Yeah. People are very understanding that if you're telling them what you need to go do and that you'll be right back there because mm-hmm. they want to keep talking. So, yeah. 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 Does that, okay, this is a question I have for you then because because speaking with somebody who is in crisis and wants to tell me about it is something I'm practiced at and comfortable Mm. with for other folks who are working the ask desk. Does that feel uncomfortable? Does that feel weird? Does that feel outside of your scope of your job? Mm. Cause it doesn't for me, but I'm, but my job is different. So now I said all that stuff about like provide a safe and protected space. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's part of what I was thinking. Yeah. Like I, like for me, like, given some of my volunteering background, it doesn't yeah. feel weird for me. Right. But I don't think that, like, people who start, like, people who apply to the library many times don't know uh-huh. that, don't understand the scope to which we interact with yeah. the public and folks in crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, to me, yeah, to me, it's outside of the scope of, like, of course, we want to provide compassionate service and we mm-hmm. want to listen to people that's what the reference interview is about, right? Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. really like listening deeply to folks and figuring out what it is that they need. Yeah. But um, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested to hear what Ruby has to say. Cause yeah. <laughs> like I think emotional support is kind of. Um, beyond I, librarianship. It's a bit mm-hmm. beyond. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. And that's why I feel like social work in libraries is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it, Yeah. It depends on on the content mm-hmm. of the conversation. Because, um, yeah, I mean, there have been times where, like, I like I don't have any formal training in social work. Um, and there are some times where, like, I feel like it goes really well and I'm able to be really present and that person, like, definitely feels seen. Mm-hmm. And there are other times where I feel like I've, like, fallen off a cliff or something and it's like whoa um where I'm I'm like kind of trying to pull the conversation back to like I would love to help you find some resources um you know like Mm -hmm. I I care about this issue but I need to bring it back to the the practical information that I can give to you as a library patron um right yeah. Right. And I think that's kind of a, a skill that it, that you, it, that listening to you, it sounds like you have is the ability to discern between crisis, like this is a crisis situation or my first time opening up about this to somebody mm-hmm. and like, I just want to chat, mm-hmm. which just wanting to chat is important too. Like libraries are a space mm-hmm. for social connection for folks who are isolated mm-hmm. and that's a big deal. Um, but, but there is a difference, I think personally between that need and the need to like explore something more intense. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. yeah, I'm just rambling now. Well, no. I, I think it's a it's a really like I would say it's a very um, helpful skill, but mm-hmm. not not maybe like a required skill. Mm-hmm. 
I guess if that distinction makes sense, like it, it is helpful to have at the desk, but I also think that um, there's this tendency for libraries to become everything. everything for yeah. As our mm-hmm. kind of like social networks shrink and like there are less and less, I don't know, like community right. spaces and connections and, Um, you know, funding for all sorts of stuff gets cut. And so I think we have to be careful about like, I mean, like, like you said, Aaron, in the beginning where, you know, we, we aren't social workers. Mm -hmm. And so we are like caring and compassionate Mm -hmm. and empathetic. And we have all this knowledge of like how to get in touch with other resources. And we really have to like stay in that area Mm -hmm. and not not sort of drift into social work where like I feel like even if I'm it feels like necessary in the moment I'm kind of long-term doing that person a disservice by taking on a role that like I actually don't have training for totally um and so yeah it's like boundaries are are healthy for both parties absolutely well and it's both like right like that's what makes the library really special and unique is that it is one of the only places where right like we were saying where there Mm -hmm. is that sense of the public and sense of community but then it makes our I think our boundary setting a lot more complicated because mm-hmm. like if we are this special place where like you go and it's the only place where you can have, I don't know, like mm-hmm. sort of, I mean, it's kind of like an intimacy, right? Yeah. Like this kind of int- intimacy among strangers. Yeah. Um, but d- isn't it Brad who, who talks about public libraries being the community's living room? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that phrase is really, yeah. And if you're somebody who like, works in the living room you know (laughs) there are a lot of conversations that people are going to want to have with you oh yeah 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 Yeah, there is a sense a real art I feel like to Mm -hmm. to being like present and open for those conversations but also like holding your firm boundaries in a way that you're not like not talking about that or whatever like you're not actually necessarily vocalizing those boundaries in yeah. a direct way but you're like giving subtle cues this conversation so to hard. not yeah so yeah Which is, it really you know, is but it's so necessary like we it's have so necessary. Uh, you know we have people who come up and say like who do I vote for in this election and you're like mm-hmm. nope 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 nope, nope. <laughs> like yeah nope. yeah we're not but, elections officials yeah, yeah. That's okay like, yeah. yeah well um I wrote down, wait, really quick. I wrote down, we're the fungus, not the trees. Aww. Like, we're the little, like, fungal network yeah. between Aww. trees, like, bringing resources back and forth. But we are not. Go oh to gosh. the trees if you need a, a tree thing. What the heck? That's so good. <laughs> it doesn't totally work. It doesn't totally, no. like, no, map on It works perfectly. Too, but, Especially because you know. we're down here in the basement. Like, Yeah, I, really I also like the idea feel like of, like, <gasps> Being a little part of a little fungal network. In the oh, forest. that's really nice. Okay. Yeah. I, like I feel like there is so much more that we have to discuss with Aaron, uh-huh. but we can't make our podcast more than an hour. Got it. Yeah. Too, sorry. Too yeah. far. Well, I mean, I really went off the rails there with talking about like social work stuff. So we can cut out as much of that as oh, no. oh, we need to. Listeners. You're not getting any cuts. No, no it was all, it's all really good. I, yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Okay. Right. Okay, so now's the section where we say what we are reading. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Who's going first? I think the guest should go first. Go ahead. Okay, cool. That's exciting. <laughs> um, I am currently reading three books, which I don't usually do. Um, I'm very much a monogamous when it comes to reading. Um, <laughs> I... I'm reading The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Pinner. Mm. Um, It's a new book, so I have like five more days to finish Mm -hmm. it before it's due. (laughs) It's really good. Um, I'm reading Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. It's Mm -hmm. my first Vonnegut. Gotta say, it's a little rough for me. I don't do like the satire, like absurdist stuff usually. Mm -hmm. I understand the value of it. it's not, it's not my thing. It's not. <laughs> yeah. You and you can abandon it yeah, if you want to. You don't to. have to read it. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank that you goes for everyone. Support. Yeah. Um, and then I just checked out and started reading um, The Promised Land by 
Barack Hussein Obama himself. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's a beautiful nice. writer. That's a real good selection. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Rubes. Okay, everybody's <laughs> looking at me now. Um, <laughs> I am reading a book that I can read about one chapter of, and then I have to put it down and go outside um, hmm. because it is so... Um, inspiring and beautiful. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, no. It's not bad. It's like a good reason, but I just get like too like, jazzed up about like yeah. pruning some plants or something. Oh. So it's called Seed to Dust, Life, Nature, and a Country Garden. Um, it's by Mark Hamer. I think it's Hamer. Um, he is an old Welsh, or maybe he's English, but he lives in Wales, um, gardener for like a wealthy old lady like on her estate and it's just kind of like his thoughts while he's in the garden taking care of the plants and it's organized by the months of the year so it's like we're coming out of winter into spring and he's like putting compost and planting bulbs and it just like i love this man i just i want to be him um anybody who's like so hyped about gardening that you have to read one chapter and then take a break is like my he's kind of so, person <laughs> so poetic and it just it like Aww. really um I was talking to my grandmother about it and I was like I just have to take my shoes off and like put my bare feet Whoa. on the earth and like calm down that's just beautiful is so lovely Ruby. so yeah. highly recommend that book okay. to everyone shoot what a like review Wendell Berry too like some of it's, Wendell Berry yeah I think yeah. it's it's similar, but you also kind of get glimpses, um, I guess maybe this is a Wendell Berry thing too, but of like his life and he talks about being in his 20s and being very like unmoored and like chaotic and like nervous all the time. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> like you're giving me hope when I reach my 60s that I'll be able to like stand in one place and like look at a tree. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice. That's real nice. That's my very long review of the one book I'm trying to read. I wish we could just end it there. That's so calming. Yeah. <laughs> a nice note. Everybody Ruby's moment of sin. Yeah. Yeah, just turn this off. <laughs> Go, outside. <laughs> Go outside. Right now. What are you uh, reading, Hazlitt? Well, so there's this newsletter that we already uh, promoted, or what's the word? I mean promoted yeah yeah that we already promoted in this podcast called um it's like the cult it's culture study from Anne Helen Peterson thank you Hazlitt for adding this to my life because it makes me it's really good happy and inspired and I love you know what newsletter it's a newsletter twice a week I think I don't know do you subscribe via email or something okay it's on Substack which you know, Anne Helen Peterson was one of the writers to get an advance on Substack, which is very controversial. Oh. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, also, so Brad Allen uh-huh. listened to our first podcast where I think I might have said I was reading Can't Even, <clears throat> which mm. is her book. And then I was in his office last week and he was reading Can't Even. <gasps> so you inspired Brad. Just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you credit for that. Yeah. I think he I, listened to that episode and yeah. was like, ooh. I was thinking oh about God. it afterwards, like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you so you gave a book recommendation I know. to the, the director. director. I know. I'm feeling wow. good about that. Yeah, you should. <clears throat> but so she interviews really interesting people like like once a week, I think is a really interesting interview and the other one, I don't know how it works, but so a while ago she interviewed this rabbi named uh, Donya Ruttenberg and I forget exactly what Donya Ruttenberg said that was so intriguing and like, you know, made me uh, feel interested in her. Mm-hmm. But um, so I have a book of hers on ILL right now called Surprised by God. That's all about her like punk teenagehood. Cool. And then her becoming a rabbi and how it was all inevitable. Oh my God. And, yeah. I just started it, so I don't really know how good it is yet. But the first, like, 20 pages were were very good. Just thinking about that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's just describing, like, going to punk shows in Chicago <laughs> in the 80s yeah. right now. So. Can you imagine? No. Honestly, that's kind of my worst nightmare. Going uh, to a punk show? Really? Well, she, yeah. She, on, yeah. She really likes the music. <laughs> I like, just like to be at home. <laughs> She really oh, likes like the entrancing sort of experience yeah. of like being in loud music, and it's like a rap. You know, it's like a synagogue sometimes, like being in Truly. rap. Yeah, that's what she says. I mean, that's that's real. But that's not your thing. Um, no, no, I need to be <laughs> in bed by nine p.m. Yeah, I need to be snuggled with my cats. Yeah, I'm not a goer outer. I relate to that. I don't go out here. I went out 
in college when we lived in Washington. Yeah. Because every show was a punk show. Yeah. And even if it wasn't, people would mosh like it was. Oh, like sure. Because it was Seattle. Like, that is... These people mosh to anything. The <laughs> anything could be playing any kind of music. I think, and uh, they're just, like, moshing. <laughs> I love it. I think, I think we did it. Thank you so much, Erin, for joining us on Thanks this podcast. Thanks for having Thanks, me. It was, yeah, it was Thanks really for letting me ramble. <laughs> no, it was so I hope good. I made We're sense. We're all rambly today. Yeah. It's fine. It's a rambly podcast. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, anyone who wants us to edit it, but it's just rambly. <laughs> it's just how it is. Okay, thank you, uh, Ruby. Thank you, Hazlitt. Thank, thank you, Erin. Thank, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Lawrence Public Library. Thank you, Lawrence Public Library. <laughs> thank you, Lawrence Public Library. Okay, thank you, Joel. Thanks, yes, Joel. thank you, Joel. Jeez. Poor Joel has to sit here and listen to all this. I know. Well, okay. Bye. Right, bye. <laughs> Tune in next month for another episode of Oranges and Peaches. Find the show notes on lplks.org and don't forget to subscribe. And please rate or comment. You'll help others find the podcast. Our info librarians are Hazlitt Henderson and Ruby McKinnon Love with theme music and editing by Joel Bonner. This has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.